Hey there, it's the NPR Politics Podcast. Today, we are doing something a little bit different, and we are going to address the one thing that all of you, our listeners, could not let go of this year, and we will explain. I'm Scott Detrow. I cover Congress. I'm Aisha Roscoe. I cover the White House. I'm Miles Parks. I'm a political reporter. We've got a very special guest here today, Stephen Thompson from NPR Music. How's it going? It is great. I'm so excited and honored to be here. I love this podcast. I gotta say, this is kind of trippy because you are a regular on Pop Culture Happy Hour, mm-hmm. And we basically stole your format. <laughs> <laughs> you stole it and then perfected it. But now you're here, so it's like the full That's right. blend of That's the two right. podcasts. Coming a home. Full, a full circle moment. So, Stephen, we are here because of one very important thing. Of all the things we said in all the podcasts this year, which is a lot, there was one thing that our listeners couldn't let go. We got the most angry response <laughs> on Twitter, in email, on the street, everywhere. And it is something... That Tim Mack said on August 23rd. Let's take a listen to that and go from there. Well, here's what I kind of wanted to go on a mini rant on. Okay. Right? It was like, you can't find good political music. Does it, Does anyone agree with Tim? No offense to Tim, <laughs> but is there good political music or do people just try too hard and it leads to bad music? No, absolutely. There are great political songs. I mean, and there's songs, political songs that kind of last throughout the decades, right? Like... What's going on? I will. I, I, <laughs> I'm Marvin Gaye. I will say that I'm a big believer in the songs that don't hit it so hard on the head. Like mm-hmm. if the song is a straight ahead political song, I'm probably listening one time so I know what people are talking about when they're angry tweeting about it. Yeah. But then other than that, I'm not going back and listening to it while I'm like working out or something like that. I feel like a little tinge of politics is kind of where my happy medium is. Okay. So Stephen, ingredients for a good political song. Well, Scott, first of all, I appreciate the preamble of, of saying, does anyone agree with Tim after you set up that people have been like whipping <laughs> eggs at you on the street for months about it? I want to say, I don't think it's surprising that of all the people who could garner this kind of response, it is like a very Tim Mack thing to just say something that controversial and then just let it hang and just wait and, for the response. And poor Tim isn't here to defend himself. He probably, <laughs> he's responded We to should this, probably let him know we're doing this podcast yeah. before it publishes. <laughs> but Stephen... Uh, I assume you disagree. I do disagree. I mean, first of all, as Aisha said, you have absolutely unimpeachable classic songs that are themselves protest songs. To say there is no good protest music is silly. At the same time, if I can defend slightly what Tim said, I do think it has gotten harder to make Mm -hmm. a good protest Mm -hmm. song. We are now in a world, first of all, where a lot more people are making music than used to make music. You don't necessarily have this kind of monoculture you know, happening. Everything is so stratified. And so when you have a musician who's trying to explicitly comment on a major piece of news or whatever, it, as you said, Miles, it's so on the nose that it can be hard to really latch into it. So my favorite political music is either somewhat vague in its intentions, where it works as a jam, but also as a commentary, or it takes something really, really big and makes it smaller and more personal. If you have a bigger issue that you're talking about, like I was just thinking about, like, Jay Z, 99 problems. Mm-hmm. If you having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I, I got, got 99, 99 problems, problems, but a bitch ain't one. I got He's talking about getting pulled, pulled over yeah. by the police. That's like a uni, well, not universal. <laughs> but what I mean is it is an overarching issue, especially for people of color, especially for black people. And it is an experience that just resonates. So him being able to talk about that and to 
give you the kind of visual of it and even some of the lines like, you know, I'm not going to let you illegally search my car. You think about that like, yeah, I'm not going to let you look in my trunk. Like, I'm going to just say no. Like, he's giving you legal advice. Right. <laughs> and I think that's what makes that a great song yes. is it's not a song. It, the specificity is what makes yes. it a great song. Is right. I, I didn't realize really what that song was about until I listened to it a couple different times. I, I mean, I'm thinking... Getting back to it not being a universal problem. <laughs> well, you, no, 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 no. no. You know I, mean? I mean, I understand what it was about, yes. but I was thinking it's a story. Of, I mean, it's of, a, that, it, of, of, his, of his story, story right? Yeah, and I'm, I, you know, and, I, and I'm in, in, so into that scene and I can see when he said, what does he say? Am I under arrest or should I get some more? Well, you was doing 55 and the 54. Uh-huh. Lost the registration and step out of the car. You carrying a weapon on you. I know a lot of you are. I ain't stepping out of yeah, you're doing 55 and a 54 right, and all yeah. of these things. <laughs> and, but, you know, but and but the way that he puts it, I mean, when you look at the hook, I got 99 problems, but uh, ain't one. Right. That's not, you don't you don't realize that it's going to be this very important thing. If you having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but it ain't one. Hit me. One thing that I wanted to throw in when we talk about specificity, there were several songs that jump out of me, a song by Dessa called Fire Drills, a song by Courtney Barnett called Nameless Faceless, that are about being a woman trying to make your way in the world and not being able to walk at night and feel safe, um, not being able to go online and feel safe. There's a woman always something left to take, so you shouldn't try to stay too late or talk to strangers, look too long, go too far out of range, cause angels can't watch everybody all the time, stay close, hems low, safe inside, the formula works if you can live it, but it works by putting half the world off limits. These are very powerful, like hard-edged, viscerally exciting songs that are still about this moment, but they're about every moment in the history of women in America and the world. And so, so they manage to be political songs. They're not necessarily pieces of political advocacy so much as this is my experience. Either hook into this shared experience or view this experience as an outsider and, and understand what I'm going through and what women are going through. So as the, as the veteran of, of talking about pop culture here in Studio 44 that you are, <laughs> you just provided us the perfect segue to, to get to <laughs> the, um, the next thing that we want to talk about. And that is, it's the end of the year. Everybody's doing year-end lists. Uh, what, uh, Stephen, what for you was the best political song of 2018? Oh, man. <laughs> this is tough. I mean, I've named a bunch that I really love. There are a few other things that I wanted to, to mention. Um, I think the pretty much the entire Janelle Monet record, Dirty Computer, manages to tap into something that I've been thinking a lot about protest music in 2018, that a lot of what I guess qualifies as protest music is really statements of identity. By existing in the world in this very bold way, that is in and of itself a political statement. You had that Beyonce and Jay-Z record, Everything is Love. You watch that video where they're performing in the Louvre. That is very much about, like, we are taking up this place that is not ordinarily considered welcoming to us and we are in it. And so Janelle Monae's record kind of falls into that same thing. It is this statement of blackness, of queerness, of womanhood that also sounds like Prince. Well, and we talked a lot about this in the the Politics Podcast, that Beyonce album. And, you know, I kind of said 
oh, this was like a fun, happy album. And mm-hmm. someone did write to me and was like, no, this has very deep meanings. And, I'm, and I agree because everything that Beyonce does, and even Jay-Z at this point, is very intentional. And I think putting themselves in the Louvre and, and doing all of those things is to say a lot of culture has been taken from black people. And this is our way of saying we are, are taking ownership of something that has traditionally been more European. I do think in that song specifically, too, even when you get away from the lyrics, I think just the sound of Beyonce's voice in that record, there is a sense of breaking out that you listen to old Beyonce records, you, it, it, it is not that same sense of tension. There's a line in a, a song on that record called Boss, uh, where Beyonce sings, my great-great-grandchildren already rich, that's a lot of brown children on your Forbes list. And on one hand, like, that's a great brag. Yeah. But on another, it's like, look, Look where we are. Look where we've been. Look where we're going. All right, so Stephen, you, you admit it. You are a man of long lineups. <laughs> <laughs> And I that's great. Could have gone longer. <laughs> Tunde Alanaran made a great record this year. Anyway, go ahead. You, you mentioned a lot of great music, but was there one in the end that really rises to the top that you feel like this is definitively, maybe definitively is too strong, but if you had to pick one? What is it? Yeah, it could never never be definitive, but I think Childish Gambino, uh, the song This Is America, yeah. which kind of dropped out of nowhere a little bit. Yeah. He was on Saturday Night Live and performing, and then all of a sudden he debuts this this song, This Is America. And for me, I feel like one of the downsides of pop culture shifting to the internet is that there are a few like real-time surprises right. anymore. And this was the exception for that. Like, I saw this buzz about this video, but I didn't quite know why. So I I pretty quickly was watching the video in real time. And I had that same shocking moment that so many else had when this video just takes a turn. Well, it's a great example. You're talking about, you know, the Internet makes it hard for surprises to happen. But... Childish Gambino used the internet to really hammer home the surprise. He appeared on Saturday Night Live, performed the song, wow, and then immediately released the video. And he's dancing, he's shirtless, he's just kind of writhing through these these different scenes. And he actually pulls out a gun and shoots someone. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. That person is unceremoniously dragged away like that person meant nothing. And the the gun is like cushioned and like carried away in this very delicate fashion. And you're left not only in the song, but in the video to really parse out some very strong meanings. One, One of my favorite responses to this, and I totally forget who said it on Twitter, but they said Donald Glover is doing what Kanye thinks he's doing in terms of. In terms of a political message. So let, let's actually just take a step back for the six people who haven't watched this video who are listening. What was the overarching political message of this song in this video? To me, the political message seemed to be about how violence is a part of America and how certain people in America can be disposable. When he when they, he takes the gun and he shoots the choir, that obviously seems to be a, a message about what happened in Charleston mm-hmm. and how... There's so many shootings can happen, they run together. And in America, you had all of these people killed in church 
and we've just moved on. Till the next church shooting, then Til we the move on four sh- days and later. And to the school shooting, and you just and it all blurs together. Yeah. It, it is a it is a song and a video about desensitization, but it expects you to be able to desensitize yourself in order to consume it. So it is this very powerful statement that is not meant to be easy to watch. And it ends with him running seemingly for his life in total fear. Yeah. Like that that image of him just running for his life is kind of like this idea that you can't slip up right. and that if you do, the consequences are dire. Absolutely. And I think getting back a little bit to what Scott said in the beginning... Part of what makes this, to me, the political song of the year is that it was experienced collectively in ways that so many of, I mean, I can list, I have listed a whole bunch of really, really great songs that invoke politics, but they weren't experienced by like everyone in your office at the same time over the same weekend on the same social media where all of a sudden like everybody's, everybody's experiencing the same thing and discussing it. We don't get very many opportunities to do that as the culture becomes more and more and more diffuse. All right, so Childish Gambino, This Is America. All right, so, Stephen, at the end of each of our Thursday shows, we talk about what we can't let go. Uh, So taking the politics out of it, what's the music you can't let go of this year? For me, a couple of the the best albums of the year were made by women who were pushing the boundaries of what people consider country music. I think the Casey Musgraves album Golden Hour is pretty widely accepted as one of the albums of the year. It's not just a country record, it is, it's kind of a soft pop record with even like little elements of, of disco to it almost. Oh, it's got some grooves. But also, but also a lot of it is just very candlelit and, and soft and sweet. That record is just one of those, uh, you know, at night in your house with the lights turned down, (laughs) you know, kind of, kind of albums of, of reflection and beauty. And I'm so glad that it's been so widely embraced. Stephen, thanks so much for coming to hang out with us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Stephen, as you can tell, has a lot more thoughts on music in general, (laughs) which you can read at NPR Music's website. And he's also on the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast, which, if you ever need a break from politics, is a great podcast to listen to. And I'm still really hoping to be on it the next time there's a big superhero movie. Oh, (laughs) noted. Noted, Noted, Scott Detrow. Stephen, thanks a lot. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and talk about our favorite songs of the year without politics. All right, we'll be right back. Support for NPR and the following message come from Walmart. Walmart is using virtual reality to train managers and associates on everything from customer service to adopting new in-store tech. Here's Senior Director of Digital Operations, Brock McKeel. With VR, I'm able to do a lot of that training in four and five minute segments. And now I can bring that technology to them and it's accessible and it's fun and it's engaging. We focus on three things for VR. It's bringing to life the things that we don't want to create in front of a customer. Those moments in time that we don't want to happen, but we know they do. And so we want our associates to be prepared. 
We also focus on those moments that are hard to recreate or we can't. You think of Black Friday. I can't recreate Black Friday for you but we need you to feel confident and understand why we have the certain standards and protocols in place that we do. And then there's those moments that we just need you to remember. And because it's VR and it's fun and it's cool, you walk away understanding what those are. To learn more about how Walmart leverages virtual reality, visit walmarttoday.com slash training. Years ago, Jennifer Lopez's career almost took a big shift. Then the actress Penelope Cruz stepped in. I was like, oh, I was thinking about maybe I'll keep doing movies, but I don't know if I'm going to keep singing. She was like, you have to keep singing. I'm Sam Sanders. My chat with J-Lo on the secret to her continued success. This week on It's Been a Minute from NPR. And we are back and Steven is gone. But now Danielle Kurtzleben is here. Hey, Danielle. Hey there. And I know you listen to a lot of music because you always have your headphones in, but I can never <laughs> see your headphones. So I'm always like, hey, Danielle. And then there's a 10-second pause, and then I realize, oh, she has headphones in again. This happens every day, and I've never picked up on it. Oh, well. Which all goes to say, I feel like you have a lot to contribute here. <laughs> I, I like to think so. Okay. So what we're going to do here is kind of throw politics off the side of the ship and just talk about our favorite songs from the year, what we listened to, whether we were traveling to stories or sitting at our desk or just driving around. Songs of the year. So, Danielle... You're listening to music all day. I know mm-hmm. this. Or you just don't want to talk to me, which is cool. <laughs> which is you know, cool. Headphones do give me plausible <laughs> yes. deniability where if someone is like, hey, Danielle, I'm like, nah, I don't want to talk to you. I just kind of shrug it off. I think like um, that's the NPR way, really. Yeah. Like 80% of this building is just kind of like nodding along. But I've never done that to you, Scott. Okay. So, yes. We can just stick with that premise for my feelings. But, but at any rate. Okay. Um, of all the songs you're listening to. Well, to set this up, you guys may know this. Our listeners probably do not. But Tucked Away in the bowels of the first floor of NPR, there is a grand piano. It's awesome because it is over in this corner. You can't even see that anybody is playing it from the outside. And so when I am sick of writing, or I don't know if this happens to you guys, you're working on a story, it's not going well, you actually just hate it. You feel like you're not doing a good job on it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I've this, heard this happens. This is when I go eat food, but yeah, it sounds yeah. like you're more productive. I go play piano. And wow. this year, you know, in the middle of a midterm year, there was a lot of stuff going on. I had a lot of capital M moments where I was just like, all right, screw this. I, like, Let's go pound on something. My song is... Un Sospiro by Franz Liszt. You don't have to know it. It's no big deal. But it's it also matches this year. It's big. It's melodramatic. But it's also calming at the same time. It's kind of perfect. I like how you're all entranced. Yeah, this is great. I, I feel and more... And you can play this? Yeah. I want... I'm not as good as this person. <laughs> I just have no musical ability, so I'm yes, always so impressed when people can. I can't. I've, I've been playing since I was a kid. I was very small. Wow. Uh, but so this, but this is one of the pieces I go down and plunk out when I am really frustrated. I will say this is like the calmest I have felt in literal weeks is listening to this well, song Well, right now, now you know why I'm so anxiety-free around the <laughs> So anxiety-free. Um, I feel so sophisticated just listening I to this. I thought I would bring the class so, today, you brought, you brought the class. <laughs> this is 
This is the most old school public radio that the podcast has ever been. My second choice was War Pigs by Sabbath, but I figured let's go let's go with this. This is calming. This is this elevates. This elevates. I think. Miles, I'm going to ask you to share your song now. You're listening to classical music on the NPR Politics Podcast. Oh my God. Mine is going to be a little different. Okay. Uh, okay. So let's have a buffer. I'm just okay. let's everyone okay. take a deep breath. Okay. okay. Pivot. Pivot. Okay. And so right. I want to put you in my mindset when I discovered this artist. This is uh this is going to be an artist named Burna Boy, who is a Nigerian uh, Afrofusion singer songwriter. I found this artist earlier this summer, coming back from two softball victories uh, yeah. for the NPR softball team. <laughs> Tell us. We, wait, 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 wait. wait. Is this just an excuse? <laughs> no, 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 no. Are you talking about the regular you have season to listen champion? To me. All right, all right, we heard about right, piano. Right. You have to hear about yes, softball. That's the to deal. Hear about softball. Okay. So, couple victories uh, in the rearview mirror. We're driving windows down from the suburbs of Maryland back into DC, going to sweet 75 MPH. Okay. Uh, and so drinking Gatorades, possibly, potentially. <laughs> And this is just celebration music. It just sounds like glory to me. I wish I could describe okay, what Miles is doing right this now. Is a, this is, yeah, this is true. This <laughs> yes. is, okay. I can get okay. behind this, yeah. Okay. Wait till the chorus comes in. It's going to get even better. <laughs> This entire album, which is called Outside, basically just sounds like this at different tempos for 45 straight minutes, and it is my happy place. It is for parties, it is for working out, it is for hanging out, it is for doing all of the happy things in your life. It just puts a smile on my face. Perfect. And so what type of dancing do you... I saw, I've seen a little bit it's in the good. chair, but it's is not it, good. Are you, are you, are you kind of winding it up? Or okay, so for the <laughs> listeners out there, I... He's dancing in a car, first all right, of all. You for the listeners out there to get a visual, it was I, a little herky jerky. I went, I went, I, <laughs> I, I, I went to Europe this summer and got the nickname on this trip of Cornstalk. Uh, but just if, for the for the listeners to understand that my body type, I just want you know that's basically what is happening here. We've got shoulders, we've got a little bit of, we got some hip, we got some shimmy. You guys were shimmying too. I don't know I why was, it's all I about was, my shimmy. I, was, I cannot dance. I, I cannot dance. So I'm belts. not. I can do a lot of chair dancing, but yeah. I cannot dance. So I, I just wanted to know whether you also bring in the moves. Right. This, this makes you want to move. I've been known to bring in the moves. <laughs> if that, if that's all. I'll leave it at that. Okay. All right. Thank you for sharing not only that, but also your dance moves with us, Miles. So Aisha, Danielle's happy place is playing piano. Miles' happy place is playing weekend softball on the NPR softball team. <laughs> what is your song, and do you have a happy place that goes with it? Uh, well, I don't know if it's really a happy place, but I was on maternity leave at the beginning of this year. I got to, you know, had have all these babies, but I had a baby last year. <laughs> and so I would be, like, driving to nursery school, and I would be in the van, just drop my son off, and I would just be cranking this. I'd rather go blind Blind, blind, then to see you with her. The music I listen to is not current, but this came out in 2017 and it combines some of my loves. So Ratchet Reality TV and like classic R&B. So it is from Tamar Braxton. Okay. 
the sister of Tony Braxton. Oh, okay. Braxton Family Values. There was Tamar and Vince. These are shows on WeTV. And she had an album called The Bluebird of Happiness that came out late 2017, but I really discovered it 2018. And she has this song called Blind. And I would be singing kind of at the top of my lungs. songs about love that is just crazy mm-hmm. when you love somebody so much that if they leave you rather just go blind you crazy but i like that <laughs> wait so can you tie this back into the ratchet reality tv i'm can, so because tamar is on reality tv she got her start there was braxton family values uh-huh. with tony braxton and her sisters okay and tamar wanted to be a singer like tony braxton I see. but she'd been in the background and so that reality tv show Helped launch her career. Okay. And, also, and now yes. she's doing it. And is she still and now on she's TV? Doing it. She's still, well, kind of, sort of. She had some issues with it. Like her and her husband had a thing, and but now they're going through a divorce. So it's like Ooh. a whole thing. It's, okay. It's, so well, she's going to have a lot more to sing about. She'll have a lot more saying. to sing about. It's, oh, it's yeah. a lot. It's a lot going on with Tamar, but <laughs> I wish her the best. Yeah. Detro. Yes. Let's hear yours. What is your 2018 song? So I think actually this is building on several of the trends that Aisha put out. Um, I had one of those moments where Spotify gives you uh, the top songs that you listen to all year, where I clicked on it and I was like, yeah, my life's a lot different than it was at the beginning of the year based on this list. And uh, so we had a we had a son earlier this year. And when I put him to sleep at night, which has been a process, but you know, <laughs> yes. Um, I found over the time that I began curating a go-to-sleep music playlist that sounded suspiciously like a middle school dance for, for people <laughs> my age. There is a lot of 90s slows jams, a lot of Casey and JoJo, oh, a lot yeah. of Boys oh, to Men, oh, that's, that, a lot that of Mariah good. Carey. Yes. And I found, I was like, wow, the swaying back and forth... <laughs> Kind of mirrors right. the awkward dancing of when you actually did try to dance with someone else, which was a rare occurrence <laughs> in, in the Scott Detrow yeah. Middle School dance experience. <laughs> but this so, is some epic Aww. parallelism right now, yeah. So, uh, of all these 90s slow songs, though, what has risen to the top as his favorite to fall asleep to, uh, scientifically tested, but also my favorite to listen to, is a lot of slow early 90s Michael Jackson. Oh, re- oh, Particularly, okay. number one song of the year for me would be Man in the Mirror. Oh, yeah. Gonna make a change for once in my life. It's gonna feel real good. Gonna make a difference. Gonna make it right. But that's not that slow. That gets a little Your fast. Your has but taste. It's, <laughs> but that's a great song. It's a great song, and it's a great song because I actually have this early memory of. And this makes me sound really old now, but my dad got me like the 45s when when this came out. So I listened to a 45 record of this song in my basement over and over when I was little. And I just liked it. So it's just very nice to, at the end of the day, even when he's not falling asleep, to just like hang out in a dark room, my son, and listen to some Michael Jackson. And it's all about personal responsibility. You got to start with the man in the yourself, Make a change. That's right.
And there was this like nice moment of we had just flown on a plane and we were in the cab coming home and he just lost his mind. <laughs> he was yeah. good on the plane, but he lost his mind yeah, in the cab. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, let's try this. So I just started playing this and like caused association. He was he was <laughs> snoring he in the car in like Cabo 20 seconds. And I was like, Is oh there my God, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> For Scott Detroit. <laughs> All right. So now you know a lot more about all of us than yes. you did before. <laughs> yes. um, this was fun, though, and uh, we're thinking about doing this. So why don't you send us an email of your favorite songs of the year at nprpolitics at npr.org, or you can tweet us at nprpolitics, and we'll try to put together a Spotify playlist or something of all of the favorite songs of the year from our listeners. That is all for today, though. As much as talking about music can make you forget about it, news still does happen all the time. And when there is news, we will be back in your feeds covering the latest things happening. I'm Scott Detrow. I cover Congress. I'm Danielle Kurtzleben, political reporter. I'm Aisha Roscoe. I cover the White House. I'm Miles Parks. I cover voting. Thank you for listening to the NPR Politics Podcast. <laughs>